Welcome to podcast number two. This is this is at night at the Blue Buck. Raamgat number six, which hosts the company New Amsterdam. My name is Jelani Isaacs, and uh, we decided to make uh, our evening about substance that we think matters. Um, and the guests we're having tonight all have some kind of transformation plan in mind. And my second guest, podcast number two, second guest of tonight is Karen Bosman. And uh, Karen and I have known each other for a very long time, but she doesn't know because she wrote a book called Spitting on the, the Hans Tosties. What's this? Spitting on Hans Tosti. Exactly. Spitting on Hans Tosti, which I read, which for me was the first advertising Me Too. And Karen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Could you explain to us um, how you got to the point you are now? So let's say, what did you do? Where did you start after high school till now? I started working at an ad agency when I was 19 years old, and I'm now almost 50. So that's a long time ago. And um, I've worked in that industry for more than 20 years. And during my last uh, agency, Close Contact, I was uh, uh, a victim of sexual workplace harassment for two years, from 2012 until 2014. Can you explain a little bit uh, what that means? Being what, sexually harassed? Yeah. Well, what what were what were the the, the situations you got just that that happened to you? Well, it started with a a kiss that ended at my mouth when I was leaving the the company for a holiday, short holiday to Curaçao. And um, when I was at my holiday address. He started texting me uh, with questions like, uh, can you send me a picture of you in your bathing suit, etc." Wow. And I ignored it because I couldn't see his face. It was, uh, I couldn't place it. It was uh, strange, strange messages. Yes. But after a week, I had to go back with a lot of pain in my stomach, of course, because, yeah, it was my employer. Of course. Yeah. But he, uh, he reacted like nothing happened. So I was relieved because it went away, I thought. And then? And then uh, after two weeks, he called me in his office and he was telling me stories about um, his wife, that uh, she was married before with a man who cheated on her and that she was a very jealous person. So I had to make sure that she would never find out that he was texting me that kind of messages. Wow. And he told me that her parents had uh, put a financial injection to the company because it was during the crisis. And then uh, when she would find out, she would leave him. And with that, the, the money would have to go back to her parents and I would be responsible for uh, 25 people who would uh, uh, lose their jobs. 
What a so it was, that is emotional blackmail. Wow. Yeah. But I felt responsible because it was my weak point. Can feeling responsible for everyone. But then what did you do? Well, I, I kept my mouth shut and uh, that's uh, give that, that gave him the opportunity to take it a step further. This next to the texting, he was starting touching me. Wow. Yeah. And then? He isolated me from the group, um, making fun of me, humiliated me, and, and nobody uh, would speak up because everybody was afraid to lose their jobs. So, wow. yeah, it was a difficult time. And was there, was there an escape? Was there a way out for you? Well, it was a, it was a crazy experience because I had worked in the advertising industry. I knew everything about flirtation, drinking, having fun with each other, the bad jokes, the hard jokes, the sex-based jokes. But did, this was something totally different. And I didn't know how to respond in a, in a good way. Did you, did you get help? Or did, did somebody point this out to you? And how, how do you, where was the epiphany that you thought, whoa, maybe this is not what I'm used to. Maybe this is completely something different. That was when a colleague approached me, telling me, Karen, there is something totally wrong with you. And you have to tell me what it is. But I still couldn't say it because I felt so ashamed that I, I was thinking I am letting this happen to me. It's, it's my fault. Yes. And, uh, but I showed him my, my uh, camera because I was saving screenshots with, from all the messages and emails, etc. Smart thinking. Yes, but it was only in the, in the last uh, six months. And I showed him and he was very angry and he wanted to rush in the office of Hans. But I told him, no, no, you cannot do it, because when you do it, we would all lose our job. Wow. So he made, uh, I made him a promise that I would approach the, the confident counselor, the vertrouwensperson. Yeah. And um, I made that appointment outside the office. I told him my story, and the first uh, two words was uh, three, I believe, of two, I believe you. And with that words, with, the, with those words, I felt so relieved because Hans was always telling me nobody would believe, believe you. your story because you're an independent woman, you're a strong woman, etc. And then? And then we had a lawsuit, wow. which I won. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, after that, I uh, started studying the topic of sexual harassment. Yes. And I uh, was starting studying uh, the approach, how we help people in the workplace when they are suffering from sexual harassment. At first, only sexual harassment. Nowadays, it's all forms of harassment, discrimination, aggression, violence. Because um. yeah, this has all resulted, the reason uh, why we re-met, uh, but now physically in the physical form, is that you are now uh, putting out there a, an app, right? Yeah. Which we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm -hmm. What did you do between the lawsuit and, this, and creating this app? There was, there was some time in between. Yeah. 
almost four years. Yeah. Um, like I said, I started studying the topic. Yeah. I'm start, I, st I wrote a book. You already called, uh, yeah. named it, uh, Spitting on Hans Tosti. It was a, uh, a big success. A lot of uh, other survivors of sexual harassment approached me. Um, from the industry or outside the industry? From everywhere. Wow. Yeah, from all around the world. And um, then I was invited by the University of Aruba to, to tell my story. Because storytelling is the most empowering thing to help people out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and at that moment, because I had to make a promise to all the, the women who were there and came forward to me that they were very happy that I wa uh, was uh, able to share that difficult story. And, um, then I to... and then I started AWH. That stands for About Workplace Harassment. Yeah. Because I knew at that time that we are, okay, we are doing a lot, but it's not enough. So this is a company, correct? Yeah. And in that company, you act like... You act as a consultant? Yes. Uh, a, a spokes or uh, you do workshops? Yeah, I do lectures. Okay. I did lectures for the Princeton University, at UCF uh, in Orlando. I traveled to Pakistan, well. which was a very uh, yeah, different ex uh, experience because I was uh, protected by armed uh, guards because of the topic. And um, I do workshop. I, uh, workshops, I give trainings, I train whole companies, and I teach them, <laughs> crazy enough, I teach them how to speak with each other about topics like uh, sexual harassment at work, discrimination at work, how do you feel at work. Yeah, because uh, I think maybe it's good we now dive into those things, because the advertising industry always seems like it's about the work only and trying to be you know, as successful as you can get. Uh, um, I sometimes feel that's a very individual industry because people grow in their roles and some of them make it to the cut. Some of them disappear out the back door. You never heard of them. Mm -hmm. But you discovered that there were different things going on on the workplace that nobody was admitting to. Can, yeah. you, can you tell me? Because there's four main focus points, correct? Four main um, uh, uh, zones that make up together workplace harassment. Still, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about those four? The discrimination, you mean? The yeah. Aggression, violence, yeah. the sexual yeah. harassment. Is there examples you can give? Well, we know that in, uh, in, um, in hospitals, for example, 95% of the employees have to deal with uh, aggression and violence. Yeah. And, um, and aggression from violence from patients? Patients, but also from um, the, the visitors of the patients. Oh, yeah. Because they are, what, distressed or...? Distressed because uh, they are not getting the help that uh, their family uh, should get. Um, several reasons and um, uh, the one thing that I was bullying is part of the yes uh, can you just quickly bullying seems so um, childish yes juvenile <laughs> yeah 
but it's not. No. No, bullying is a very, very serious uh, uh, form of uh, workplace harassment. Can you give an example that people may not see as bullying, but which is? Well, being the, how do you call it, the, the person they all pick on during a meeting, yeah. not, not including you in a meeting, um, mess up your desk when wow. you return from lunch, um, calling you names, Wow. Uh, shouting at you, etc. It's it's so so much. Okay, so you traveled, you discovered all these these zones, yeah. and then then what did you do? What was your next? Well, during uh, my work at AWH, I met a lot of people, and we talked always about how is it, what is the reason for people to not report behavior that is being received as unwanted. Because um, when we are uh, confident enough to say to each other, well, I don't like, like you to call me babe, because we are in a professional uh, relation with yeah. each other, in, an, in a professional environment, I prefer you just call me by my name, right? Yeah, that would make sense. That would be normal. Yeah, so we're talking about schatje, we're talking about yeah. Hey, Leafy. Yeah. Leafy, lekkertje. Yeah. 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 Which sounds, which probably is very common for most to just use it, not understanding that maybe the receiving end doesn't feel that uh, fond about it. Mm -hmm. Right. But um, those things is, uh, are captured in the gray area of workplace harassment because you cannot describe everything in your uh, professional uh, boundaries. No. at your uh, company. So what we have to do is to encourage people to speak about their personal boundaries. But uh, to do so, you need all the information you can get on the topic. You have to be uh, empowered. You, uh, you as a company have to create awareness among your employees. You have to encourage them to speak about all the forms of unwanted behavior and that it's normal to speak out when you uh, experience something that you don't like. Nowadays, we keep, we keep silent. And when uh, somebody is making a bad joke that hurts you, you still laugh along because everybody is, is laughing and you don't want to be that person who is uh, ruining the joke or whatever. Well, do you feel that's a very Dutch thing or is it no, worldwide? That's a worldwide thing. And um, at, at, at it has been like this for ever, I guess. Yes, well, in, in the 80s, um, there was, uh, yeah, it's not a, a hashtag me too, but sexual harassment in the workplace was in the 80s, something that we all uh, spoke about. Okay. In that period, uh, we created the confidential counselors. Yeah. So in the 80s, we had Awareness. A, a very small hashtag me too. Yeah. And then it went silent. And then it went silent, yeah. And then 2000, what is it? 17. It came back up. It came back. Why then, you think? I don't know, because I was there in 2015. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. So you came up, your book was well, was well read, well sold, but it, it, stick, it stuck to that one moment, then it took another two years. I mean, in all honesty, Black Lives Matter <laughs> came up around the same time. Mm -hmm. So I guess something was in the water mm -hmm. that kind of 
opened up our, our senses, I guess. Um, so then your journey started to where we actually are now, which is you releasing the report app. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what the report app is and what it entails? Yeah, the report app provides every employee uh, uh, information about all forms of unwanted behavior. So it explains what it is. It explains um, what the gray area is. It explains what you can do. But it also shows, because we have videos in it, as you know. Yeah. And um, that shows that, that, that um, cases of workplace harassment are most of the time very complex. Because every case of workplace harassment stands on its own. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's never the same. And um, so we provide information. We provide the possibility to keep a logbook because um, evidence is always a very, um, yeah. It's a needed part. Yeah, but it's, it's never there. No. And with a logbook, you can keep your evidence because you can upload a video, photo, you can uh, upload uh, voice recording, uh, etc. So you introduced a report app to us. Yeah. We as an employer, we, we uh, uh, license from you the report app. Mm -hmm. Then we sent an email around for everybody to download. Mm -hmm. And then what? What happens after that? Or how, did they, how does the employee use the app if, if they need it? Well, we hope that uh, employers tell something about... Uh, there's also a responsibility for you as an employee. Yeah. yeah? When your employer provides you with uh, a tool like this and uh, provide you with the information needed and to keep uh, the possibility to, to keep a logbook and to even report uh, a case of unwanted behavior. Yeah. Because um, I thought it was also really cool is that you don't even have to be the, the, the victim or no. the, but you can be a bystander yes, as well. Yes, yes, because the role of the bystander is very important. When a bystander speaks out about uh, workplace harassment, in 42% of the cases, the, the, um, the harassment stops. So they have a very important, uh, they play a very uh, a big part in, in stopping harassment. So the one thing I was, I was wondering and, and thinking about was, what, has, what would <laughs> all those people that feel unsafe on their workplace, mm -hmm. their output must also be a lot less than if they would feel safe, no? I mean yeah, of course. You are, you are less pro uh, productive. Yeah. And uh, you can easily make mistakes because you're not focused. Yeah. Uh, you, you have no free mind because you're always scared. Yeah. Um, yes. So and it doesn't stop at at five or nine o'clock or when you leave your work, no. you bring it uh, home as well. And I mean, we're we're a company, we're a small company. We're like 30, 35 people. Mm -hmm. um, I know you've also been talking to bigger, mm -hmm. bigger companies. What do you think is the biggest challenge with either a small or a big one? What is the biggest challenge getting a big corporate? to adapt your report app? What's the, the one or two things that you always get back from them that you need to clarify? Because I would think employ employers would feel uh, they might not feel that it's necessary for their no. culture. No, 
employers are always afraid about the amount of reports they will get when they have the app. Because, yeah. and with that, they, say, they are saying to me, we have a lot of issues here, Karen, yeah. but we like to keep it there. <laughs> yeah. And with your app, we have to do something about it. Yeah. So. How do you convince them then? How do you get them to? I talk about money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because uh, it's it's I think it's um, 2.7 billion euros for all employers uh, per year. Two. Point seven billion. Yeah. To to do what? What's the, what's the the money that for? That is the costs of um, for Shime. Oh yeah, for them not wanting to work, uh, uh, calling in sick. Yes. Yeah, because that's that's I mean. It's, it, it will definitely work towards getting that uh, better. People who feel safe will want to go to work. Yes. I get that. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And then the big corporates, they have these big HR uh, departments as well, mm -hmm. which have always been in the position to, in between the workers trying to uh, uphold their rights, are they included? When the report ad comes, do they get a role in the... Yes, of course. I don't believe in just one support group. I don't believe in just uh, internal confidential counselors. I don't believe it. Because we, ha we have to make the... the um, we want to have uh, the possibility for reporters to choose. If I feel safe with the HR manager or director, I should go to them. Yes. But if I feel safe with my um, Arbo uh, professional, yeah. I, I should go to them. Yeah. So we um, have a large group within the app, if that possible, you, uh, if possible. That you can choose to. Yes, you can choose from. To. Yeah. Fantastic. Because we have to. Uh, how do you say it? Uh, the regie should be yeah. with a reporter. Yeah. The control. Yeah. should only be with the report, pers yeah, the because, person reporting. Yeah, because yeah. if there's no control for the reporter, there will be no report. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, what I've heard a lot in our uh, uh, company is that um, I don't think I need the report app because I like it here so much. Um, all my colleagues are my family. I love them to death. Um, That's a risk factor if yes. you think that uh, they are your family. Tell me. Why is it a risk factor? Because there is no clear uh, line between professional relation and private relation. And exactly. So when are we colleagues and when are we friends? Yeah. Because yeah. when we're friends, I can give you a kiss and I can touch you and... Yes. Because that's, that's, I think, if anything, that's one of the most um, gray areas for me is where in the professional relationship does it go from three kisses one kiss, a hug, handshake. I mean, where, where does that go when you're on a professional level? You then say the person that's receiving it can indicate, or are there rules mm -hmm. for this, or not at all? Well, basically, it's um, the receiver decides whether it's wanted oh. or un, uh, not wanted. Gotcha. Well, I but you have to tell the other person. Yeah, you have to, you have to communicate. Yeah. Okay. Like when, when I throw a, a glass or a bottle at you, okay, it's clear. That's not the behavior that we want in our company, I think. Yeah. Right? 
but sometimes it's it's not that clear for someone. No. And does the employer also, I mean, we have this thing called the Bible, which we use to inform, inform people that start working here for the first mm -hmm. time. Is it, do we need to write this down in the, in the, in the culture? Do we say, well, with, at New Amsterdam, uh, uh, these are kind of the rules of engagement. Uh, we don't French kiss on the first uh, uh, hello. Is that how it works, <laughs> exactly? <laughs> or, or do you keep that little bit open that people find each other? I would not write that down. No, no I would empower people to uh, behave professional, to behave respectful to each other, and to uh, speak up when, when you don't like the behavior from your colleague, so but in a respectful manner. Yeah. So what, if you, when your quest is done, when you've made it so that, let's say, 99% uh, of all workers have the report app downloaded, mm -hmm. what is your ideal working environment? What would you say is that part where we have to get to, that we can say, okay, now we're in a good spot, now we get it. Is that safety for all, um, uh, efficiency? I mean, where, where, does your, where does your struggle stop? Where does your fight stop? When we are uh, emotionally and physically well balanced and strong enough to uh, speak up for ourselves when we are in position that we don't want to be. And um, it would be amazing if we just could have conversations during work about this, this topic. Yeah? Just let go of the taboo. And um, I know I, I have um, give some workshops for ad agencies as well. As well. And they are, were all telling me, well, we are a family and we are here with 200 people, but we are a family. Wow. But afterwards, they approached me individually that, okay, we are a family, but still I have some issues. Yeah. Because we fight in our family. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Is there any topic we have not touched that you we want to talk about now that you're passionate about that we've not looked at? Well, um, I travel around the world and I know my English is not that good. I it's call perfect. it perfect. I, I like it. I call it Engelands. Yeah. And um, I'm very proud of ReportApp because uh, some companies in Aruba um, and in the Netherlands started to roll out the app and all in their, in their own way. And they are very creative with it. They um, start uh, roadshows to go to other companies to tell about the app and to uh, explain about workplace harassment. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see how people are, yeah, give their own um, identity and purpose uh, on the app. I'm so happy for us. Yeah. And thank you for yeah. doing this. Okay. And thank you for being here tonight. Thank you so much. It was really great. Give a big hand to Patty. <laughs> thank you for being so open.